You are listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From December 22, 2019, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 16. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary mortals that you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey by the time he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land before whose two kings you are in dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring on you and on your people and on your ancestral house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. We see him come and know him ours, who with his sunshine and his showers turns the patient ground to flowers, turns all the patient ground to flowers. The beautiful poem by Robert Herrick from the 1600s, set to music by contemporary composer John Rutter. And do you find, like I do, that the poets and the musicians, that they have a knack for articulating, for expressing truths that somehow we we know deep within us but can't speak or name, but the poets and the musicians can do that? Such is true of this beautiful song that the choir just sang. We see him ours, we find him ours. But let me ask the question, is that true? Do we see him ours? And if so, how do we see him ours? I've got a six-year-old at home, 
who came in late today, I don't know if you noticed, he was very proud that he's lost another tooth and the tooth fairy came to the house. But he's, he's, begin, he's becoming quite the reader. He's learning how to read and he's excited that he can read things and, and he can read the road signs now. And this is, this is a revelation. It's very exciting. So I'll be driving the car and I'll point to that road sign and I'll say, what does that say? And he'll say, stop. And I'll say, yes, that's right, stop. And I'll point at another one. What does that one say? School zone. Yes, that's right, school zone. And on it will go. And he becomes so excited when he can read the signs. My question for us today is, can we read the signs? These past four weeks, including today of Advent, we've been in the book of Isaiah looking at some of what they hoped for in a Messiah. And so I've been putting visuals on the front of the bulletins if you've been here these past couple of weeks. So the first week, Advent 1, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 2. Advent 2 from Isaiah chapter 11, a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. Advent 3, streams in the desert. You see that first Sunday of Advent, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord. The prophet is casting a vision of the Lord's mountain. This is day when all people, no matter what, all people will stream up to this mountain of the Lord. And then these, these are the signs. Here's a sign, a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse. And here's another sign, that there will be streams in the desert. And then today, another sign from Isaiah chapter 7. Look, a young woman. She's going to give birth to a son, and his name shall be Emmanuel. Emmanuel. The prophet was pointing to the signs. The prophet was a poet, one of those people who can see things more deeply, sometimes more clearly, can articulate and express the deep truths that most of the rest of us can only sort of know. Now, I don't know if you caught the humor in the passage that I read earlier from Isaiah chapter 7. Just for a little bit of background, King Ahaz was in a bad way. King Ahaz is facing pressure from all sides. He's being kind of pushed, forced into an unwise alliance against the very powerful Assyrian empire. Isaiah is, is uh, consulting with him, encouraging him not to do this stupid thing. Don't get into this alliance. It's a really bad idea. And Isaiah says to him in the voice of God, ask God any kind of sign you want to know this is right. Any kind of sign, it can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Any kind of extraordinary sign you want, and God will give it. And Ahaz says, no. That's my interpretation. Uh, no. <laughs> and then with feigned piety. Do you know anyone who feigns piety? Preachers are known for that. <clears throat> I will not put the Lord to the test. I, why do I see Ahaz like that? I, don't, I will not put the Lord to the test. No. And here's where the humor kicks in. God says, okay, you don't want an extraordinary sign, but here's your sign. 
Ahaz says, I don't want a son. God says, here's your son. It's going to be a young woman. Look over there. It's as if there was a young woman right there in the room. We're in viewing distance. Look, there's a woman. She's pregnant. She's going to give birth. She's going to have a son. She's going to name him Emmanuel. By the time that child is weaned, this problem that you're facing, it's going to be over. Look, a sign. You see, it wasn't an extraordinary sign. It was a pretty ordinary sign, wasn't it? A pregnant young woman. This same six-year-old that lives in my house and wreaks much havoc, <laughs> he's also getting pretty good at tying his shoes now. Thanks be to God. But the process of getting to this place where he can now tie his shoes, it wasn't, it wasn't all happy and, and roses. You see, when we were first learning, I would sit down with him and, and I would say, okay, it's time to work on tying our shoes. Here, let me show you how to tie your shoe. And he would slap my hand out of the way. I can do this. And I was like, all right, <clears throat> go ahead. So smart, knock yourself out. And he would fumble with the strings and rabbit ears and, and he couldn't tie his shoes. I allowed him to try it on his own, but I did not allow him to go to school without shoes. Turns out teachers kind of frown on that. So even though I allowed him to try it for himself, I did not allow him to go to school without his shoes on. And it seems that King Ahaz, like many, maybe most of us, takes on this persona of the petulant child. I can do it myself. And God lets that go on for a little while. Okay, no extraordinary signs, but here's your sign anyway. Maybe you won't watch me tie a shoe, but you're not going to school without your shoes on. God says, I'm going to give you a sign whether you like it or not. And here it is. There it is, an ordinary sign. You could have had something extraordinary, but instead you have this ordinary sign of a young woman. I think... Maybe in America this is more true of other cultures. I don't know for sure. I've never really lived anywhere else. But this whole, I can do it myself, this bootstrap mentality, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't need God's help. I don't need a sign. I can do it myself. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. And then we realize, oh, wait, I'm not, I'm not wearing boots. And can you just see God rolling God's eyes like, all right, here we go. Fine, go ahead, you try. And it's in the ordinariness of a young woman, pregnant, that Isaiah says, look, it's a sign, almost as if there are signs all around us, if we have but eyes to see. I believe that Advent is a, is a time where we can remember to look for the signs, the signs of God's in-breaking presence all around us if we but have eyes to see. Centuries later, the gospel writer Matthew will look back on this prophecy and he will quote it. In Matthew, let's see, it's chapter 1, verse 22 through 23. This is Matthew quoting Isaiah. Look, the virgins shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
Matthew translates the meaning of that word, Emmanuel, for us. And I love this. How do we know that Emmanuel, how do we know that God is with us? We've got to look for the signs. What do those signs look like? Well, it's different for different people at different times. And here's an example from my own life. One of the saddest days of my life was the day that my father died. It's about 20 years ago now. I happened to be out in Utah the day that he died, far from home. I was traveling with friends. I didn't have a car. And so a friend, and when I found out the news of my father's death, a friend took me back to the airport in Utah. And that was God with me. And when I got back to the airport back home, I didn't have my car there, so a friend of mine picked me up and drove me three hours to my parents' house. And that friend picking me up and driving me to my parents' house was God with me. And a dear friend flew in from Texas to be with me through the funeral, through the burial, and that was God with me. And people showed up for the funeral. My friends, my parents' friends, they showed up to give their support, and that was God with me. And people wrote sympathy cards and and mailed them, and that was God with me. Even if I didn't notice it at the time, even if it was just what people do, they come to funerals and they send sympathy cards, and even if I didn't recognize it as a sign of God's presence in that moment, I do now. That that was Emmanuel, God with me. I was talking with some other pastors this week about this text, and I found myself saying, Colleagues, I don't know if you believe like I do that this promise, this promise of God with us, this is the most powerful promise in all of Scripture. And they kind of thought about it. Yeah, I believe it is. It may be. As a preacher, I'm called upon to speak hope into sometimes hopeless, tragic situations, sometimes on a personal scale and occasionally on a national scale if there's been a national tragedy. And Time and again, the thing that I come back to is simply the promise that God will be with us. I can't promise that everything's going to be okay because I don't know if it will be okay. And I don't know what okay means for you. It might mean something different for you than it does for me. I can't promise you that everything's going to be okay, but I can say that God will be with you. And I can't promise that everything's going to work out because I don't know what that means for you but I can promise that God will be with you. When light gives way to darkness, Emmanuel, God with us. When joy gives way to sadness, Emmanuel, say it with me, God with us. When hope gives way to despair, Emmanuel, God with us. With us, when faith gives way to doubt, Emmanuel, God, with us. That's the promise of Scripture and the hope of Advent. God, 
with us. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.